0: This audio is presented by Hacker Noon, where anyone can learn anything about any technology. Chimneys and Draft by Babcock and Wilcox Company. Steam, its generation and by Babcock and Wilcox Company is part of the Hacker Noon book series. You can jump to any chapter in this book here. Chimneys and D-R-A-F-T-C-H-I-M-N-E-Y-S and Draft. The height and diameter of a properly designed chimney depend upon the amount of fuel to be burned, its nature, the design of the flue, with its arrangement relative to the boiler or boilers, and the altitude of the plant above sea level. There are so many factors involved that as yet there has been produced no formula which is satisfactory in taking them all into consideration, and the methods used for determining stack sizes are largely empirical. In this chapter a method sufficiently comprehensive and accurate to cover all practical cases will be developed and illustrated. Draft is the difference in pressure available for producing a flow of the gases. If the gases within a stack be heated, Each cubic foot will expand, and the weight of the expanded gas per cubic foot will be less than that of a cubic foot of the cold air outside the chimney. Therefore, the unit pressure at the stack base due to the weight of the column of heated gas will be less than that due to a column of cold air. This difference in pressure, like the difference in head of water, will cause a flow of the gases into the base of the stack. In its passage to the stack the cold air must pass through the furnace or furnaces of the boilers connected to it, and it in turn becomes heated. This newly heat edgas will also rise in the stack and the action will be continuous. The intensity of the draft, our difference in pressure, is usually measured in inches of water. Assuming an atmospheric temperature of 62 degrees Fahrenheit and the temperature of the gases in the chimney is 500 degrees Fahrenheit, and, neglecting for the moment the difference in density between the chimney gas and the air, the difference between the weights of the external air and the internal flue gases per cubic foot is 0347 pound. Obtained as follows weight of a cubic foot of air at 62 degrees Fahrenheit equals 0761 pound weight of a cubic foot of air at 500 degrees Fahrenheit equals 0414 pound difference equals 0347 pound therefore a chimney 100 feet high assumed for the purpose of illustration Toby suspended in the air would have a pressure exerted on each square foot of its cross-sectional area at its base of 0347 times 100 equals 3 47 pounds. As a cubic foot of water at 62 degrees Fahrenheit weighs 62. 32 pounds. An inch of water would exert a pressure of 62. 32 divided by 12 equals 5. 193 pounds per square foot. The 100-foot stack would, therefore, under the above temperature conditions, show a draft of 3. 47 divided by 5. 193 are approximately 0. 67 inches of water. The method best suited for determining the proper proportion of stacks and is dependent upon the principle that if the cross-sectional area of the stack is sufficiently large for the volume of gases to be handled, the intensity of the draft will depend directly upon the height. Therefore, the method of procedure is follows. 1. Street. Select a stack of such height as will produce the draft required by the particular character of the fuel and the amount to be burned per square foot off grate surface. Second. Determine the cross-sectional area necessary to handle the gases without undue frictional losses. The application of these rules follows. Draft formula. The force or intensity of the draft, not allowing for the difference in the density of the air and of the flue gases, is given by the formula. In this formula, no account is taken of the density of the flue gases, it being assumed that it is the same as that of air. Any error arising from this assumption is negligible in practice as a factor of correction is applied Enusing the formula to cover the difference between the theoretical figures and those corresponding to actual operating conditions. The force of draft at sea level, which corresponds to an atmospheric pressure of 14.7 pounds per square inch, produced by a chimney 100 feet high with the temperature of the air at 60 degrees Fahrenheit and that of the flue gases at 500 degrees Fahrenheit is under the same temperature conditions this chimney at an atmospheric pressure of 10 pounds per square inch, which corresponds to an altitude of about 10,000 feet above sea level, would produce a draft of, for use in applying this formula it is convenient to tabulate values of the product which we will call K, for various values of T1. With these values calculated for assumed atmospheric temperature and pressure, 24, becomes for average conditions the atmospheric pressure may be considered 14. 7 pounds per square inch, and the temperature 60 degrees Fahrenheit. For these values and various stack temperatures K becomes temperature stack gases constant K 750. 0084, 700. 0081, 650. 0078, 600. 0075, 0071, 0067, 450. 0063, 400. 350. 0053 draft losses. The intensity of the draft as determined by the above formula is theoretical and can never be observed with a draft gauge or any recording device. However, if the ash pit doors of the boiler are closed and there is no perceptible leakage of air through the boiler setting or flue, the draft measured at the stack base will be approximately the same as the theoretical draft. The difference existing at other times represents the pressure necessary to force the gases through the stack against their own inertia and the friction against the sides. This difference will increase with the velocity of the gases. With the ash pit doors closed the volume of gases passing to the stack are a minimum and the maximum force of draft will be shown by a gauge. As draft measurements are taken along the path of the gases, the readings growless is the points at which they are taken or farther from the stack, until in the boiler ash pit, with the ash pit doors open for freely admitting the air, there is little or no perceptible rise in the water of the gauge. The breaching, the boiler damper, the baffles in the tubes, and the coal on the grates all retard the passage of the gases, and the draft from the chimney is required to overcome the resistance offered by the various factors. The draft at the rear of the boiler setting where connection is made to the stack or flue may be 0.5-inch, while in the furnace directly over the fire it may not be over, say, 0.15-inch, the difference being the draft required to overcome the resistance offered in forcing the gases through the tubes and around the baffling. One of the most important factors to be considered in designing a stack is the pressure required to force the air for combustion through the bed of fuel on the grates. This pressure will vary with the nature of the fuel used, and in many instances will be a large percentage of the total draft. In the case of natural draft, its measure is found directly by noting the draft in the furnace, for with properly designed ash pit doors it is evident that the pressure under the grates will not differ sensibly from atmospheric pressure. Loss in stack. The difference between the theoretical draft as determined by formula, 24, and the amount lost by friction in the stack proper as the available draft, are that which the draft gauge indicates when connected to the base of the stack. The sum of the losses of draft in the flue, boiler and furnace must be equivalent to the available draft, and as these quantities can be determined from record of experiments, the problem of designing a stack becomes one of proportioning it to produce a certain available draft. The loss in the stack due to friction of the gases can be calculated from the following formula. This formula can also be used for calculating the frictional losses for flues, in which case, C equals the perimeter of the flue in feet, H equals the length of the flue in feet, the other values being the same as for stacks. The available draft is equal to the difference between the theoretical draft from formula 25 and the loss from formula 26, hence, table 53 gives the available draft in inches that a stack 100 feet high will produce when serving different horsepowers of boilers with the methods of calculation for other heights. Computed from formula 28, for brick or brick line stacks, increase the diameter 6% height and diameter of stacks. From this formula 27, it becomes evident that a stack of certain diameter, if it be increased in height, will produce the same available draft as one of larger diameter, the additional height being required to overcome the added frictional loss. It follows that among the various stacks that would meet the requirements of a particular case there must be one which can be constructed more cheaply than the others. It has been determined from the relation of the cost of stacks to their diameters and heights, in connection with the formula for available draft, that the minimum cost stack has a diameter dependent solely upon the horsepower of the boilers it serves, and a height proportional to the available draft required. Assuming 120 pounds of flue gas per hour for each boiler horsepower, which provides for ordinary overloads and the use of poor coal, the method above stated gives, for an unlined steel stack, diameter in inches equals 4. 68 hp 2/5 28 for a stack lined with masonry diameter in inches equals 4. 92 hp 2 fifths, 29 in both of these formulae hp equals the rated horsepower of the boiler. From this formula the curve Fig. 33 has been calculated and from it the stack diameter for any boiler horsepower can be selected. For Stoker practice where a large stack serves a number of boilers the area I usually made about one third more than the above rules call for which allows for leakage of air through the setting of any idle boilers, irregularities in operating conditions, etc. Stacks with diameters determined as above will give an available draft which bears a constant ratio of the theoretical draft, and allowing for the cooling of the gases in their passage upward through the stack, this ratio is 8. Using this factor in formula, 25, and transposing, the height of the chimney becomes, losses in flues, the loss of draft in straight flues due to friction and inertia can be calculated approximately from formula 26, which was given for loss in stacks. It is to be borne in mind that c in this formula is the actual perimeter of the flue and is least relative to the cross-sectional area when the section I is a circle, is greater for a square section, and greatest for a rectangular section. The retarding effect of a square flue is 12% greater than that of a circular flue of the same area, and that of a rectangular with sides as one and one and a half. greater. The greater resistance of the more or less uneven brick or concrete flue is provided for in the value of the constants given for formula, 26. Both steel and brick flues should be short and should have as near a circular or square cross section as possible. Abrupt turns are to be avoided, but as long easy sweeps require valuable space, it is often desirable to increase the height of the stack rather than to take up added space in the boiler room. Short right-angle turns reduce the draft by an amount which can barely approximate it as equal to zero. O 0.05 inch for each turn. The turns which the gases make in leaving the damper box of a boiler, in entering a horizontal flue and in turning up into a stack should always be considered. The cross-sectional areas of the passages leading from the boilers to the stack should be of ample size to provide against undue frictional loss. It is poor economy to restrict the size of the flue and thus make additional stack height necessary to overcome added friction. The general practice is to make flue areas the same or slightly larger than that of the stack. These should be, preferably, at least 20% greater, and a safe rule to follow in figuring flue areas is to allow 35 square feet per 1,000 horsepower. It is unnecessary to maintain the same size of flue the entire distance behind a row of boilers, and the areas at any point may be made proportional to the volume of gases that will pass that point. Thadis, the areas may be reduced as connections to various boilers are passed. With circular steel flues of approximately the same size as the stacks, or reduced proportionally to the volume of gases they will handle, a convenient rule is to allow zero. 0.1 inch draft loss per 100 feet of flue length and zero. 0.05 inch for each right angle turn. These figures are also good for square or rectangular steel flues with areas sufficiently large to provide against excessive frictional loss. For losses in brick or concrete flues, these figures should be doubled. Underground flues are less desirable than overhead or rear flues for the reason that in most instances the gases will have to make more turns where underground flues are used and because the cross-sectional area of such flues will oftentimes be decreased on account of an accumulation of dirt or water which it may be impossible to remove. In tall buildings, such as office buildings, it is frequently necessary in order to carry spent gases above the roofs, to install a stack the height of which ice out of all proportion to the requirements of the boilers. In such cases it is permissible to decrease the diameter of a stack, but care must be taken that this decrease is not sufficient to cause a frictional loss in the stack as great as the added draft intensity due to the increase in height, which local conditions make necessary. In such cases also the fact that the stack diameter is permissibly decreased is no reason why flue sizes connecting to the stack should be decreased. The C should still be figured in proportion to the area of the stack that would be furnished under ordinary conditions or with an allowance of 35 square feet per 1,000 horsepower, even though the cross-sectional area appears out of proportion to the stack area. Loss in boiler, in calculating the available draft of a chimney 120 pounds per hour has been used as the weight of the gases per boiler horsepower. This covers an overload of the boiler to an extent of 50% and provides fourth use of poor coal. The loss in draft through a boiler proper will depend upon its type and baffling and will increase with the percent of rating at which it is run. No figures can be given which will cover all conditions, but for approximate use in figuring the available draft necessary it may be assumed that the loss through a boiler will be 0. 25 inch where the boiler is run at rating, 0. 40 inch where it is run at 150% of its rated capacity, and 0. 70 inch where it is run at 200% of its rated capacity loss in furnace the draft loss in the furnace or through the fuel bed varies between wide limits the air necessary for combustion must pass through the interstices of the coal on the grate where these are large as is the case with broken coal but little pressure is required to force the air through the bed but if they are small as with bituminous slack or small sizes of anthracite a much greater pressure is needed if the draft is insufficient the coal will accumulate on the grates and a dead smoky fire will result with the accompanying poor combustion If the draft is too great, the coal may be rapidly consumed once certain portions of the grate, leaving the fire thin in spots and a portion of the grates uncovered with the resulting losses due to an excessive amount of air. Draft required for different fuels, for every kind of fuel and rate of combustion there is a certain draft with which the best general results are obtained. A comparatively light draft is best with the free-burning bituminous coals and the amount to use increases as the percentage of volatile matter diminishes and the fixed carbon increases, being highest for the small sizes of anthracites. Numerous other factors such as the thickness of fires, the percentage of ash and THE airspaces in the grates bear directly on this question of the draft best suited to a given combustion rate. The effect of these factors can only be found by experiment. It is almost impossible to show by one set of curves the furnace draft required at various rates of combustion for all of the different conditions of fuel, etc. that may be met. The curves in Fig. 34, however, Give the furnace draft necessary to burn various kinds of coal at the combustion rates indicated by the abscissi, for a general set of conditions. These curve shave been plotted from the records of numerous tests and allow a safe margin for economically burning coals of the kinds noted. Rate of combustion. The amount of coal which can be burned per hour per square foot of grate surface is governed by the character of the coal in the draft available. When the boiler and grate are properly proportioned, the efficiency will be practically the same, within reasonable limits, for different rates of combustion. The area of the grate, and the ratio of this area to the boiler heating surface will depend upon the nature of the fuel to be burned, and the stack should be so designed as to give a draft sufficient to burn the maximum amount of fuel per square foot of grate surface corresponding to the maximum evaporative requirements of the boiler. Solution of a problem. The stack diameter can be determined from the curve, fig. 33. The height can be determined by adding the draft losses in the furnace, through the boiler and flues, and computing from formula 30, the height necessary to give this draft. Example. Proportion a stack for boilers rated at 2,000 horsepower, equipped with stokers, and burning bituminous coal that will evaporate 8 pounds of water from and at 212 degrees Fahrenheit per pound of fuel. The ratio of boiler heating surface to grate surface being 50 to 1. The flues being 100 feet long and containing two right-angle turns, the stack to be able to handle overloads of 50%, and the rated horsepower of the boilers based on 10 square feet of heating surface per horsepower. The atmospheric temperature may be assumed as 60 degrees Fahrenheit and the flue temperatures at the maximum overload as 550 degrees Fahrenheit. The great surface equals 400 square feet. The total coal burned at rating equals 2,000 times 34 and a half, 8 equals 8,624 pounds. The coal per square foot of grate surface per hour at rating equals 8,624 divided by 400 equals 22 pounds. The atmospheric temperature may be assumed as 60 degrees Fahrenheit and the flu temperatures at the maximum overload as 550 degrees Fahrenheit. The grate surface equals 400 square feet. For 50% overload the combustion rate will be approximately 60% greater than this or one. 60 times 22 equals 35 pounds per square foot of grate surface per hour. The furnace draft required for the combustion rate from the curve, Fig. 34, is 0.6 inch. The loss in the boiler will be 0.4 inch, in the flue 0.1 inch, and in the turns 2 times 0.05 equals 0.1 inch. The available draft required at the base of the stack is, therefore, since the available draft is 80% of the theoretical draft, this draft due to the height required is 1.2 divided by 8 equals 1.5 inch. The chimney constant for temperatures of 60 degrees Fahrenheit and 550 degrees Fahrenheit is 0071 and from formula, 30, its diameter from curve in fig, 33 is 96 inches if unlined, and 102 inches inside if lined with masonry. The cross-sectional area of the flue should be approximately 70 square feet at the point where the total amount of gas is to be handled, tapering to the boiler farthest from the stack to a size which will depend upon the size of the boiler units used. Correction in stack sizes for altitudes, it has ordinarily been assumed that a stack height for altitude will be increased inversely as the ratio of the barometric pressure at the altitude to that at sea level, and that the stack diameter will increase inversely as the two-fifths power of this ratio. Such a relation has been based on the assumption of constant draft measured in inches of water at the base of the stack for a given rate of operation of the boilers, regardless of altitude. If the assumption be made that boilers, flues and furnace remain the same, and further that the increased velocity of a given weight of air passing through the furnace at a higher altitude would have no effect on the combustion, the theory has been advanced, 53, that a different law applies. Under the above assumptions, whenever a stack is working at its maximum capacity at any altitude, the entire draft is utilized in overcoming the various resistances, each of which is proportional to the square of the velocity of the gases. Since boiler areas are fixed, all velocities may be related to a common velocity, say, that within the stack, and all resistances may, therefore, be expressed as proportional to the square of the chimney velocity. The total resistance to flow, in terms of velocity head, may be expressed in terms of weight of a column of external air, the numerical value of such head being independent of the barometric pressure. Likewise the draft of a stack, expressed in height of column of external air, will be numerically independent of the barometric pressure. It is evident, therefore, that if a given boiler plant, with its stack operated with a fixed fuel, be transplanted from sea level to an altitude, assuming the temperatures remain constant, the total draft head measured in height of column of external air will be numerically constant. The velocity of chimney gases will, therefore, remain the same at altitude as at sea level and the weight of gases flowing per second with a fixed velocity will be proportional to the atmospheric density or inversely proportional to the normal barometric pressure. To develop a given horsepower requires a constant weight of chimney gas and air for combustion. Hence, as the altitude is increased, the density is decreased and, for the assumptions given above, the velocity through the furnace, the boiler passes, breaching and flues must be correspondingly greater at altitude than at sea level. The mean velocity, therefore, for a given boiler horsepower and constant weight of gases will be inversely proportional to the barometric pressure and the velocity head measured in column of external air will be inversely proportional to the square of the barometric pressure. For stacks operating at altitude it is necessary not only to increase the height but also the diameter, as there is an added resistance within the stack due to the added friction from the additional height. This frictional loss can be compensated by a suitable increase in the diameter and when so compensated, it is evident that on the assumptions as given, the chimney height would have to be increased at a ratio inversely proportional to the square of the normal barometric pressure. In designing a boiler for high altitudes, as already stated, the assumption I usually made that a given grade of fuel will require the same draft measured in inches of water at the boiler damper as at sea level, and this leads to making the stack height inversely as the barometric pressures, instead of inversely as the square of the barometric pressures. The correct height, no doubt, falls somewhere between the two values as larger flues are usually used at the higher altitudes, whereas to obtain the ratio of the squares, the flues must be the same size in each case, and again the effect of an increased velocity of a given weight of air through the fire at a high altitude, on the combustion, must be neglected. In making capacity tests with coal fuel, no difference has been noted in the rates of combustion for a given draft suction measured by a water column not high and low altitudes, and this would make it appear that the correct heighto use is more nearly that obtained by the inverse ratio of the barometric readings than by the inverse ratio of the squares of the barometric readings. If the assumption is made that the value falls midway between the two formulae, the error in using a stack figured in the ordinary way by making the height inversely proportional to the barometric readings would differ about 10% in capacity at an altitude of 10,000 feet, which difference is well within the probable variation of the size determined by different methods. It would, Therefore, appear that ample accuracy is obtained in all cases by simply making the height inversely proportional to the barometric readings and increasing the diameter so that the stacks used at high altitudes have the same frictional resistance as those used at low altitudes, although, if desired, the stack may be made somewhat higher at high altitudes than this rule calls for in order to be on the safe side. The increase of stack diameter necessary to maintain the same friction loss is inversely as the two-fifths power of the barometric pressure. Table 54 gives the ratio of barometric readings of various altitudes to sea level, values for the square of this ratio and values of the two-fifths power of this ratio. These figures show that the altitude affects the height to a much greater extent than the diameter and that practically no increase in diameter is necessary for altitudes up to 3,000 feet. For high altitudes the increase in stack height necessary is, in some cases, such as to make the proportion of height to diameter impracticable. The method to be recommended in overcoming, At least partially, the great increase in height necessary at high altitudes is an increase in the great surface of the boilers which the stack serves, in this way reducing the combustion rate necessary to develop a given power and hence the draft required for such combustion rate. Kent's stack tables, table 55 gives, in convenient form for approximate work, the sizes of stacks and the horsepower of boilers which they will serve. Fistable is a modification of Mr. William Kent's stack table and is calculated from his formula. Provided no unusual conditions are encountered, it is reliable fourth ordinary rates of combustion with bituminous coals. It is figured on a consumption of 5 pounds of coal burned per hour per boiler horsepower developed, this figure giving a fairly liberal allowance for the use of poor coal and for a reasonable overload. When the coal used is a low-grade bituminous of the middle or western states, it is strongly recommended that these sizes be increased materially, such an increase being from 25 to 60 percent, depending upon the nature of the coal and the capacity desired. For the coal burned per hour for any size stack given in the table, the value should be multiplied by 5. A convenient rule for large stacks, 200 feet high and over, is to provide 30 square feet of cross-sectional area per 1,000 rated horsepower. Stacks for oil fuel. The requirements of stacks connected to boilers under which oil fuel is burned are entirely different from those where coal is used. While more attention has been paid to the matter of stack sizes for oil fuel in recent years, there has not as yet been gathered the large amount of experimental data available for use in designing coal stacks. In the case of oil-fired boilers the loss of draft through the fuel bed is partially eliminated. While there may be practically no loss through any checker work admitting air to the furnace when a boiler is new, the areas for the air passage in this checker work will in a short time be decreased, due to the silt which is present in practically all fuel oil. The loss in draft through the boiler proper at a given rating will be less than in the case of coal-fired boilers, this being due to a decrease in the volume of the gases. Further, the action of the oil burner itself is to a certain extent that of a forced draft. To offset this decrease in draft requirement, the temperature of the gases entering the stack will be somewhat lower where oil is used than where coal is used, and the draft that a stack of a given height would give, therefore, decreases. The factors as given above, affecting as they do the intensity of the draft, affect directly the height of the stack to be used. As already stated, the volume of gases from oil-fired boilers being less than in the case of coal, makes it evident that the area of stacks for oil fuel will less than for coal. It is assumed that these areas will vary directly as the volume of the gases to be handled, and this volume for oil may be taken as approximately 60% of that for coal. In designing stacks for oil fuel there are two features which must not be overlooked. In coal firing practice there is rarely danger of too much draft. In the burning of oil, however, this may play an important part in the reduction of plant economy, the influence of excessive draft being more apparent where the load on the plant may be reduced at intervals. The reason for this is that, aside from a slight decrease in temperature at reduced loads, the tendency, dueto careless firing, is toward a constant gas flow through the boiler regardless of the rate of operation, with the corresponding increase of excess air at light loads. With excessive stack height, economical operation at varying loads is almost impossible with hand control. With automatic control, however, where stacks are necessarily high to take care of known peaks, under lighter loads this economical operation becomes less difficult. For this reason the question of designing a stack for a plant where the load is known to be nearly a constant is easier than for a plant where the load will vary over a wide range. While great care must be taken to avoid excessive draft still more care must be to kento assure a draft suction within all parts of the setting under any and all conditions of operation. It is very easily possible to more than offset the economy gained through low draft, by the losses due to setting deterioration, resulting from such lack of suction. Under conditions where the suction is not sufficient to carry off the products of combustion, the action of the heat on the setting brickwork will cause its rapid failure. It becomes evident, therefore, that the question of stack height for oil-fired boilers is one which must be considered with the greatest of care. The designer, on the one hand, must guard against the evils of excessive draft with the view to plant economy, and, on the other, against the evils of lack of draft from the viewpoint of upkeep cost. Stacks for this work should be proportioned to give ample draft for the maximum overload that a plant will be called upon to carry, all conditions of overload carefully considered. At the same time, where this maximum overload is figured liberally enough to ensure a draft suction within the setting under all conditions, care must be taken against the installation of a stack which would give more than this maximum draft. Figures represent nominal rated horsepower. Sizes as given good for 50% overloads. Based on centrally located stacks, short direct flues and ordinary operating efficiencies. Table 56 gives the sizes of stacks and horsepower which they will serve for oil fuel. This table is, in modified form, one calculated by Mr. C. R. Weymouth after an exhaustive study of data pertaining to the subject, and will ordinarily give satisfactory results. Stacks for blast furnace gas work. For boilers burning blast furnace gas, as in the case of oil-fired boilers, stack sizes as suited for coal firing will have to be modified. The diameter of stacks for this work should be approximately the same as for coal-fired boilers. The volume of gases would be slightly greater than from a coal fire and would decrease the draft with a given stack, but such a decrease due to volume is about offset by an increase due to somewhat higher temperatures in the case of the blast furnace gases. Records show that with this class of fuel 175% of the rated capacity of a boiler can be developed with a draft at the boiler damper of from 0.75 inch to 1.0 inch, and it is well to limit the height of stacks to 1 which will give this draft as a maximum. A stack of proper diameter, 130 feet high above the ground, will produce such a draft, and this height should ordinarily not be exceeded. Until recently, the question of economy in boilers fired with blast furnace gas has not been considered, but aside from the economical standpoint, excessive draft should be guarded against in order to lower the upkeep cost. Stacks should be made of sufficient height to produce a draft that will develop maximum capacity required, and this draft decreased proportionately for loads under the maximum by damper regulation. The amount of gas fed to a boiler for any given rating is a fixed quantity and if a draft in excess of that required for that particular rate of operation is supplied economy is decreased and the wear and tear on the setting is materially increased excess air which is drawn in either through or around the gas burners by an excessive draft will decrease economy as in any other class of work again as in oil-fired practice it is essential on the other hand that a suction be maintained within all parts of the setting in this case not only to provide against setting deterioration but to protect the operators from leakage of gas which is disagreeable and may be dangerous. Aside from the intensity of the draft, a poor mixture of the gas and air or laning action may lead to secondary combustion with the possibility of dangerous explosions within the setting, may cause a pulsating action within the setting, may increase the exit temperatures to a point where there is danger of burning out damper boxes, and, in general, is hard on the setting. It is highly essential, Therefore, that the furnace be properly constructed to meet the draft which will be available. Stacks for wood fired boilers, for boilers using wood as fuel, there is but little data upon which to base stack sizes. The loss of draft through the bed of fuel will vary over limits even wider than in the case of coal, for in this class of fuel the moisture may run from practically 0.0% zero. Zero to over 60%, and the methods of handling and firing are radically different for the different classes of wood. See chapter on wood burning furnaces. As economy is ordinarily of little importance, high stack temperatures may be expected, and often unavoidably large quantities of excess air are supplied due to the method of firing. In general, it may be stated that for this class of fuel the diameter of stacks should be at least as great as for coal-fired boilers, while the height may be slightly decreased. It is far the best plan in designing a stack for boilers using wood fuel to consider each individual set of conditions that exist, rather than try to follow any general rule. One factor not to be overlooked in stacks for wood-burning is their location. The fine particles of this fuel are often carried unconsumed through the boiler, and where the stack is not on top of the boiler, these particles may accumulate in the base of the stack below the point at which the flue enters. Where there is any air leakage through the base of such a stack, this fuel may become ignited and the stack burned. Where there is a possibility of such action taking place, it is well to line the stack with fire brick for a portion of its height. Draft gauges The ordinary form of draft gauge, Fig. 35, which consists of O tube, containing water, lacks sensitiveness in measuring such slight pressure differences as usually exist, and for that reason gauges which multiply the draft indications are more convenient and are much used. An instrument which has given excellent results is one introduced by Mr. G. H. Barris, which multiplies the ordinary indications as many times as desired. Thesis illustrated in Fig. 36, and consists of a U-tube made of one-half-inch glass, surmounted by two larger tubes, or chambers, each having a diameter of two and a half inches. Two different liquids which will not mix, and which are of different color, are used, usually alcohol-colored red and a certain grade of lubricating oil. The movement of the line of demarcation is proportional to the difference in the areas of the chambers in the U-tube connecting them. The instrument is calibrated by comparison with the ordinary U-tube gauge. In the Ellison form of gauge the lower portion of the ordinary U-tube has been replaced by a tube slightly inclined to the horizontal, as shown in Fig. 37. By this arrangement any vertical motion in the right-hand upright tube causes Avery much greater travel of the liquid in the inclined tube, thus permitting extremely small variation in the intensity of the draft to be read with facility. The gauge is first leveled by means of the small level attached to it, both legs being open to the atmosphere. The liquid is then adjusted until its meniscus rests at the zero point on the left. The right-hand leg is then connected to the source of draft by means of a piece of rubber tubing. Under these circumstances, a rise of level of one inch in the right-hand vertical tube causes the meniscus in the inclined tube to pass from the point zero to one. Zero. The scale is divided into tenths of an inch, and the subdivisions are hundredths of an inch. The makers furnish a non-drying oil for the liquid, usually a 300 degrees test refined petroleum. A very convenient form of the ordinary U-tube gauge is known as the Peabody gauge, and it is shown in Fig. 38. This is a small modified U-tube with a sliding scale between the two legs of the U and with connections such that either a draft suction or a draft pressure may be taken. The tops of the sliding pieces extending across the tubes are placed at the bottom of the meniscus and accurate readings in hundredths of an inch are obtained by a vernier. About Hacker Noon book series we bring you the most important technical, scientific, and insightful public domain books. This book is part of the public domain. Babcock and Wilcox Company, 2007. Steam, Its Generation and Use. Urbana, Illinois. Project Gutenberg. R-E-T-R-I-E-V-E-D-H-T-T-P-S colon slash slash www.gutenberg.org, Cache, EPUB, 22657, PG 22657 Images. HTML. This ebook is for the use of anyone anywhere at no cost and with almost no restrictions whatsoever. You may copy it, give it away, or reuse it under the terms of the Project Gutenberg license included with this ebook or online at Gutenberg.org. located at https://www.gutenberg.org policy license. HTML. Thank you for listening to this HackerNoon story, read by Artificial Intelligence.